Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. First cut. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's Phoenix Open. Joining me to break it all down, Patrick McDonald is here, and Patrick McDonald is there. He has flipped the script. Kyle and I are at home. Patrick is on site in Phoenix. I'm not going to lie. The, the journey here was very difficult this morning. I was probably the, uh, I'd say the flyer I hate the most I became on the way here, unfortunately, which uh, I'm very critical of people in general, and it's tough to look in the mirror right now. What'd you, what did you do? So I don't fly Delta. I'm a United boy, and I flew Delta today, and I guess the way they do uh, like onboarding, I was main one. I thought I was going to be like probably first person on the plane but they have all the classes and I was row 12. There's no overhead space until row 26. And so by the time I get to 26, everyone's already in and I'm fighting upstream. And then I asked the flight attendant, I was like, Hey, could you do like me a little favor before the pilot uh, does the uh, seatbelt sign when we land? Can you just like bring my bag up for me? And she just laughed in my face. Wow. <laughs> That's a request. Yeah, I, I batted my eyes. I, I unbuttoned my shirt a little bit. Nothing was working. Wait, which? So there's a lot going on there. <laughs> which? Uh, which variation of that is the is the flyer that you hate the most? I would say one in general, the one who shoots up immediately at the ding just to get up. I, I had to do that, but also sprint down the plane. Um, so I, I would say that. And then I also okay. asked the flight attendant to do something. I'm typically a window seat guy. Even if I have to pee, I'm just manning up and I'm not peeing the whole time. I don't say a word on a plane. So, so you, you're, you're trying to, you're trying to blend in. You're going low key. You're not trying to stand out and you stood out today. Yes. Very badly. Okay. Why are you Patrick McDonald not flying first class and getting that guaranteed over? Well, listen, if he's flying first class, then I have, I actually have some issues. <laughs> Rick, you know, I, I like the finer things in life and I do have status on United, but I, I'm, it was a very gen pop day for me, unfortunately, which I mean, we are at a gen pop event. So I guess it lines up. How do you have status on United? Did you used to fly all the time? Oh, I, 
everywhere. Like every, this, like every week. For for work? Yeah. Have you ever been to uh the St. Louis Accounting Center? The United States Postal Service St. Louis Accounting Center? Trust me, you I, don't want to. I have not. Yeah. They're Egan, Minnesota, Mall of America, and then outside of Napa in uh San Mateo. Okay. Do you have status anywhere, Rick? Uh no. Yeah, well, no, but I I I upgrade a lot. I I I pay for it. Yeah. I just think it's, it's well, worth it. You should one, I agree with you. Two, shouldn't like I guess depending on how much you fly, upgrading should like kind of get you closer to status, right? That's what I mean. Yeah. So like I I have it, but not because I fly a lot. Um, but because I've like paid for it. Yeah. So like I do, yes, but like I do get like all that mostly on i think on american and i think on united yeah i, I, I got frustrated in the fall we went on a vacation and i like i'm in that weird middle ground where i don't fly oh, yeah, enough. No. Uh, i fly enough for it to be frustrating but not enough to actually get status right it's, but then it's it's almost like it's almost like the uh the the top 50 in the like the signature event boys once you get it, it's hard to fall out of it, <laughs> right? Because you get double, you get all your points double and you've got OWGR and FedEx Cup and American. And I know I'm conflating a bunch of stuff right now, but I think it's, uh, I think it's difficult to, to fall out of the, the top 50 once you're in. Uh, that right there is Kyle Porter, by the way. And KP, look what I got in the mail oh. yesterday. A very beautiful copy of Normal Sport 3. Only two months late. It's great. Still relevant. Uh, very, I, I love it. I love the paperback. I love the consumability. The illustrations look awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I had two things I was thinking about this afternoon before I hopped on. They're both questions for you. Well, for both of you guys. The first, I was writing and thinking about Live today. And... I don't understand, and and maybe maybe you've said this before, Rick. I don't understand how they don't have Shotlink. They have all this money. Like, why can you not laser twelve courses? Um, I don't know if I am supposed to say this. They do. They have it. Why do they not make it public? Um, it's it'll be here soon. Okay. Yeah. Great. That yeah. I, that, I mean, I mean related, related to that, my, my feelings about live have, have shifted a lot over the last 10 days. This is, this is one of our topics, but we can, we can get into it right now. Well, the second, the second question I had for either of you guys is what YouTube rabbit holes have you been down recently? If any, I'm, I'm, any in, I'm in competitive eating. Ah. <laughs> That Dude, is, what? That is the exact answer. The exact answer I'm looking for. Like Kobayashi? Yes, but also, I, I so the competitive eating landscape has drastically changed. So, if not you, a sentence I thought I would hear today. If you were a top 10 competitive eater 10 years ago, you had to go from state fair to state fair from state fair and try to win. $5,000 prizes eating corn dogs and funnel cake and all this stuff. And it was like 
life on the road, very difficult. You have this incredible skill, but it's really hard to monetize. And then there'd be a couple of events a year, like the Wing Bowl or the uh, Coney Island, the hot dog eating contest, where you could get maybe 50 or 100 grand, but they're highly specialized and highly competitive. Well, now competitive eaters just crush YouTube. So they will go around and do challenges at at, you know, there's thousands of restaurants in the in the country that have food challenges, or they will just kind of make up their own things. You know, I'm going to eat everything on the Chipotle menu as fast as I can, right? And and now they just crush YouTube, and they make a lot more money than if they were to do the competitive eating circuit. So you're what you're saying is they created their own league and streamed it to YouTube. <laughs> Correct. Okay, just making sure. And you see every bite. <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. I, I think these worlds, I probably talked about this before, but these worlds that I am not a part of, I love just kind of dipping in and and kind of kind of peering around, Patrick, just looking around, see what's going on. I don't want to necessarily live in the world, but I wanna I wanna see it. I wanna I wanna I wanna look into it for a little while. You know, I'm not I'm not really a YouTube guy. You should be. I, I just there's a lot a lot of stuff on there, but I just I'm consumed elsewhere. What are you into, Kyle? What are you? I feel like you're because you're in something. You brought that up. Well, I'm I'm I, I didn't necessarily bring it up because there's anything specific that I'm into right now. I'm always into something. Right now, it's uh, the two that I've gone down are like a history of David Blaine. Oh wow, that'd be cool. A lot of stuff there. And then uh, the idea of like um, the t the different types of exercise in terms of like the heart rate zones. Okay. Some of my friends introduced me to it, and I've kind of kind of gone down a rabbit hole there of like zone two running versus zone four weight. You know, there's just just a bunch of different stuff that goes along with that. So the I mean the cool thing about YouTube is like you can find anything, and if it's if it's a topic that's at all reasonable, not even reasonable. Um, just if there's any topic, you're going to find some pretty good stuff on it. Usually we started doing orange theory recently and their big thing is how often, how frequently or how long you can stay in different hearts. Yeah. Yeah. What is orange zone four or three? I think it's four and five okay. red. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's go, let's, let's jump into the live thing here because okay. I, I'm going to live Las Vegas on Thursday and I am, uh, I'm very interested in this. So like, let me just like, just to talk about the golf, obviously, right. There's the funding, there's the, like all that stuff, but, but golf wise, I feel like they're stuck between being serious and being unserious, right? <laughs> you know, they, I mean, they have a roster, right? Like it's, it's no longer a huge joke about the roster that they run out. And the leaderboard that they had last week is a great example of that. Um, you know, but, but there's so much of it that like the, the things that are serious, the golf gets matched with something that's unserious, like, the team aspect that has um, untouchable captains. One, one team has three co-captains for some reason, <laughs> but, 
the draft, the, the transactions, like the, the unserious joke aspect, the serious golf gets matched with the unserious music playing, which I don't even really care about, but the fact that they turn off the music at the end and they turn it off in the playoff means they know it's unserious. Mm-hmm. Um, so for every, and, and I think the thing is golf wise, like it doesn't have to be a gimmick, right? Like they have enough good players um, I still have trouble finding it on my local CW doesn't show it, but like it's accessible on, on YouTube in round one, you can download it through the app like that. That's the accessibility that I want in my sport. I, we just talked about how much I'm on YouTube, but they're stuck in, they're stuck in, they need to, they need to almost take themselves more seriously. And I think other people would too. Patrick, you want to go or you want me to kind of along those lines, the one thing I'm, I'm going to try to speak quietly right now. The one thing that I've kind of been thinking about recently is instead of creating your format and adjusting it to the OWGR standards, which your opinion on OWGR, I don't really care. What if from the beginning they just made it OWGR compliant? Where, where would we be right now? My God. I mean, think about how many non-major winners would have already joined Live. Exactly. And so to your point, Rick, they are in between the, you know, we demand to be taken seriously. <laughs> we demand OWGR points, but then you got Dua Lipa in the background. You got these guys seemingly playing for their teams, like the Sebastian Munoz quote from Live Golf Orlando last year, where he was like, I played it safe pretty much because of the team competition which was cited in the OWGR report. And I know Kyle's a big proponent of the team. It, it needs to be like way, if you're going to be not compliant with OWGR, just go all the way or reel it in and just ax the teams. I mean, KP, we just, there was, a, there was listen, there was, uh, there was no Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Uh, according to Golf Twitter, everybody was watching live. Uh, and they got a great playoff and Joaquin Neiman is victorious. And the first thing he says is, yeah, I'm not in the majors, Mm -hmm. which is like, that says a couple of things. Um, one, I kind of think it's a corny jab at the OWGR that literally everyone, ourselves included, who have been wrong about everything in the last two years, except knowing that the OWGR was not going to award them points for this. Uh, we knew that was coming. Two, that's what the money was for. The money was because you knew this was possible. Three, it says, I don't even really care about what I just did. I'm only thinking about the majors. This is not all that serious. And like, it's just like, it. I don't know. It's the, it's the, the juxtaposition of demanding to be serious, but not acting that way themselves. <laughs> yeah i mean you're right I, I i don't know how to sort of condense all these sort of like different thoughts that i have i i, I thought the major quote was so 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 telling in that that's the context for all of this right and and i almost feel like these leagues i guess live can't do it i almost feel like the pga tour should like ride that context more 
and and they do a little bit, but um, it's just so disjointed because you know none of the organizations own like they're all separate, which we've talked about a million times. With 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 the I said this on the um, I was on the Friday podcast on Monday, and I was talking about how like everything in the NFL points to the NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl. You talk about everything in that context: the draft, the offseason, free agency, the preseason, the training camp, the first five weeks, the trade deadline. Everything is talked about within that context. And golf has all these weird side contexts where and it's kind of interesting because you know doing this gets you into that and they're sort of related, but golf is just very very strange in that sense. And I think that what Neiman said is like, I mean, the four majors are just such the top of the pyramid, but the pyramid is really like four, like 10 pyramids. And we can't, we can't all talk about the same thing because it's all so disjointed. Rick, I think Brom brings such gravity to that entire organization. Not just, obviously he's, the one of the three best players in the world and has been it's basically been him and rory and dj for the last seven years as the as the best guys now live has two of them but he brings gravity of like and and even hatton brings some gravity like these are not guys that were good 15 years ago like sergio they were Ryder cuppers in september or in october John, john rom is a serious person Terrell Hatton is a serious person. And we've yeah. talked about it before where if you ever see John Rom compete, he he steals attention. Like I I cannot stop looking at him. I cannot he's he's a black hole. Like I'm focused on him. And that's kind of my big point is the golf is good enough. Yeah. The golf is compelling. Like there are enough good guys on that team, on that roster with a lot of shots being shown in a small period of time that the golf is good enough. I just, I, I just feel like the the rest of it is kind of a circus. Yeah. I, I it's, it's, I, I mean the music and the, the concerts and all, it's just unnecessary. Right. I don't, I don't even mind the team stuff. I think the team, I said this on the Friday podcast as well. I think the team stuff could actually be broken off into a separate deal. Right. If you want to make, and I've I've always liked the team aspect of live. That might be the only thing about live that I liked. But if you want to make five events that are maybe some alternate shot match play team whatever, that's interesting. I just I, sometimes it gets a little conflated, and you're like, I, I don't totally know what I'm supposed to be paying attention to here. But I do think the team part of it is is intriguing. I just I don't know if. I said this on Sunday, Rick, and and I think it's true of Live itself. I don't totally know what it is. I don't know if they know what it is right now, because really, what it is, if you pull back and take all the names and people and everything out of it, it's the new European Tour, right? And we pay attention to the European Tour intermittently throughout the year when they have really good events, when they have Rory and Rom playing or whoever. We don't pay attention every week, but now. I think Liv has sort of demanded that we not demanded, but it's it's compelled us to 
pay some attention to it. And I'm curious about what your experience of that is on site this weekend in Las Vegas. So am I. Patrick, you and I are in two separate universes this week. So what should what should we be looking for? What should I be looking for when I get to live on Thursday? Like, I, I have zero idea what to expect. Well, one more thing on the team thing. I think they should act like the tournament to tournament team winner. And just have it behind Overall. the scenes. Yes, like, like make F1. it a, exactly. Yeah. If they're they're, I mean, marketing themselves. Everyone is saying they're the F one of golf, but then you have a new team winner every week, and that's just not how F one works at all. That's not how the Premier League works or any of these team organizations. I will say for live, I hope we see a resurgence from my rippers. We didn't get on the podium in Mayakoba. <laughs> With the addition of Lucas Herbert, uh, a quiet acquisition, but I think a, a large one with a, uh, the four scores needed on Sunday or Saturday. Um, but it, it depends what you're kind of getting into, Rick. Are you going to be credentialed? Or are you going to be just a fan? Are you going to be in the suites? I know they have a, a big par three set up as well. And, I mean, my dad went to live D.C. because it was at our home course. And he kind of just wandered around wherever you want. It was like a black wristband to get into the VIP sections. He had like a black Livestrong on. He got everywhere. He just went everywhere. Um, I'll, I'll have access. Okay. And I, I love. And I Rick's love, actually playing. <laughs> could you? Yeah, I'm. I'm the fifty uh, fifth guy playing this. Yeah. Week. Um, and I, and I love LVCC. It's, it's, it's very different from a lot of other courses in Las Vegas. It's a old, old school, like tree line. It doesn't look like desert golf at all. Like I love that golf course. So I am, I am kind of interested to see, I think I'll be interested to see how fans consume it. Are they there for golf? Are they there for festivities? And also, I don't know. It's kind of hard to measure, but like, I I've seen plenty of John Rahm and I've seen plenty of Terrell Hatton and Dustin Johnson. I want to see them in a different scenario and see if it's the same. Yeah. I, I don't think, uh, and it, it has nothing to do with the league. It has more to do with the weekend. I think the goal is just secondary. Because right. Correct. Correct. Everyone's just going to be there to have fun, drink a lot and see a few golf balls fly in the air. They're not going to really be caring about if John Rahm's winning a golf tournament, I think. They're not going to be following him around. They'll just be in the party booth on, on the certain hole because because of the shotgun start, they can just stay there all day and they're going to see golf shots. So you just described the Phoenix Open also. Yeah. I yeah. think that's pretty fair. Yeah. yeah this, and I just, this Rick, I, I, I just think like, and, and this is completely anecdotal and there's no... There's nothing um, what's the word? empirical behind it, but live just feels different now. And I think there are so many implications for that reality. And a lot of them affect the PGA tour. I think, I think live for the first time to me feels like a real thing. And I think if you're still calling it an exhibition league with John Rahm out there swearing and dropping F-bombs on, I mean, it's just not. You know, and maybe that's been true all along, but for whatever reason, that shift has happened for me. And I think it's going to be interesting to see what the PGA Tour does with that, and 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 um, you know how those 
how those two things merge or don't merge or continue to coexist. Yeah. Liv has a, um, a real big advantage of being able to move quickly while uh, the PGA tour has to like, what what's to say, like try to turn a battleship. It, everything, everything takes a while. Liv can just say, Oh, well, we're going to count these four scores or we're going to add another team or we're going to do this or we're going to, you know, so it is a huge advantage. And you know, when uh, I, I know they're leaning into the data and I think that's going to add some, add some validity as well. Do you need well, to go? Do you need to go, Patrick? We might have lost Patrick. Well, real quick, Rick, it, it's it is weird because they um they're almost leaning into both extremes. Right? Like are you like the 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 every shot thing that they announced or that got announced by Josh Carpenter of, of Sports Business Journal last week. I don't know if he broke that news. I don't I don't think it was a press release. I think he had it. Uh that's that's big boy stuff. Like we've been we've been asking for that, but then on the other end, it's like we've still got music going for like ninety seven percent of the track. And I, I'm with you. I don't I don't really care one way or the other about the music, but I don't know if you can you can you be both. It seems weird to be both. I, that's what I agree. I think they're kind of stuck stuck in the middle. I'll tell you what, like being able to see any shot that I want live and having shot tracker, it, like those are literally my two dreams for any golf organization right for every every shot with data and every shot that i can see that that is literally a dream and i think and i know we're gonna this can lead us into the break because we'll talk about phoenix afterward but an advantage that they have rick is just fewer tournaments right because you know you i was i wrote about this this morning for cbssports.com victor and xander withdrawing from the phoenix open it doesn't materially change the revenue model for the 2024 Phoenix Open. It doesn't matter, right? Like the Phoenix Open is still going to be a a good tournament and a big party and all that stuff. But what it signals is that there's, there's there's two different tours or there's two different leagues within the PGA Tour. And the top guys... Don't care about the le- I mean, don't care. They still care, but they they're they're not as focused on the lesser one as they are on the signature events. And if you can't control like some of the if there's unknowns, if there's unknown variables with these lesser events, that's just that's a that's a difficult long-term product to promote. And I think the NBA's been seeing that for the last few years, right? Where load management stuff like that that makes your product worse, and I think that Live has that going for it in a way the PGA Tour does not. And the NBA went to an extreme and added an in-season tournament to make November games more important and to yep. have a reason. That's that's a pretty extreme thing to do. However, many decades the NBA has been going on. We're going to talk about the non-signature version of the Phoenix Open. We'll recap. We have our best bets from last week and this week's. So we've got a lot to talk about, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. And we're back very quickly just to put a bow on Pebble Beach. We did a pretty decent job on the bets. We hit three out of the four finishing positions. We went two and two in the matchups. Mark had Ludwig as his outright. That did not come true. 
Yep, it got shortened to 54 holes. Josh won the most money in one and done, 455,000. Uh, Mark got 106 from Nikolai Hoygaard. Homa disappointed. Xander disappointed. KP, any quick thoughts on Wyndham, Pebble Beach, or anything else associated with it? I mean, going back to our outrights, JT and Ludwig were both very much in it going into, into the final round. Uh, you and I both had JT. Mark had Ludwig. Uh, not a ton of takeaways. I, I was glad that Wyndham shot 60 on Saturday because I think that makes it a memorable win. I think it could have been viewed as like a throwaway or just um, I, I think it I think it brings some legitimacy to like that win when you might be able to just write it off. So I, I thought the 60 was was obviously very cool, but it also I think legitimizes uh, the win a little bit. And I'm just I don't know about you, Rick. I don't understand how Matthew Pavon became the best player in the world, dude. I'll tell you what he like. He maybe he just steals that thing on Sunday and goes back to back. Yeah, he has turned into he, what I like about him. Um, he's just so in control of his game, and clearly, you know, because it's been probably ten or twelve events around the world where he's started to play a lot better. But every time I saw him, it is start at left, hit that fade. He knows where it's going to go. He's very in control. He's never you know, everything's out in front of him. And I, I think to do that over and over and over again in different conditions and different golf courses and pressure and all that stuff, I've been really impressed with him. Yeah. How, how hard is it to factor in somebody like him? When I, I read your newsletter today um, for Rick Run Good, that was really good just talking about like historical stuff at the Phoenix Open, how replicable or how sticky the history of the of, of players um, stuff there is or their their performances there mm -hmm. is it how frustrated do you get when you've got somebody that's new and kind of hot how did how did how does that like affect the way that you are trying to break down the tournament yeah it's really hard and there's a lot more of that now right it's a lot of these young guys or a lot of the guys that are playing on different tours i mean there's this is a it's very much a global game everybody's kind of playing all over the world now and it's really hard to take somebody that you have little history or little data and say, what is, what is he going to do now? I think what we've gotten better at as a community um, is seeing some indicate, like some earlier indicators and not necessarily waiting for 50 rounds of somebody, but there's enough to say, Hey, there might be something here. You know, he's, yeah. he's turning the corner. He's instead of um, we used to only buy guys like after, after he was already going up into the right now, it's like, Oh, Here's a little upturn. Let's try to catch this upturn as as he goes up instead of waiting till he gets to the top. Is it is the is the number of indicating or the number of historical rounds that are like serve as the the primary or the best indicator the same number as I don't know if you want me to say it but it, the same number as you gave me last year at the Phoenix Open? Um well I probably told you 36 is that what I told yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah, so that is still uh, that is still the strongest correlator to okay. to success. But I mean, I haven't run them in a couple of maybe two months. It's probably getting tighter. It's probably getting tighter than that because you'll like because like Ben on you know what he's done mm, like yeah. a script like that right. He's gonna he's he would change it to like twelve rounds or sixteen rounds or something like that. So well, it's, it, and it's also I would be interested to see those numbers and maybe you've done this, but at different times of the year, right? January, February is always kind of weird because you're like, well, I I don't know, like should I do I care about what happened in December and and even November and like that that to me it, 
to me, like the and I don't know if this is true or not. The Masters seems like the like the perfect time of year to look at those 36 rounds or look at recent history or whatever and say, this is what we can expect. And I think you see that. Like I've got a stat. It's like eight of the I don't remember the exact numbers. Eight of the last 10 winners have been in the top 10 for the year in terms of T to green play at the masters. And the two that weren't were just outside of it. It was Hideki and Patrick Reed off the top of my head. And they'd been playing pretty good golf as well. So this goes back. This is what's so fascinating is this goes back to the, the, and I a hundred percent agree with you, right? Because that is, that is why the majors are so important is because guys are trying to peak there mm -hmm. right if the masters was in december you'd see a lot more guys playing a lot of rounds at the rsm classic and leading up to it right but because of the nature of the sport and the schedule that those like 90 days or whatever it is or jan one to the masters ends up being super predictable because Everybody wants to play those events beforehand. Everybody wants to be at their best at the right time. And then we have this flagship event right there. And it ends up making the data really, really good. And I think there's an opportunity there. You know, I, I actually think it's very cool that the four most important events for golf fall in the middle of the year and not at the end of the year. Because you look at other sports and it's like, well, there's 10 guys out for the Super Bowl because they've just played 19 games, mm -hmm. you know, and, and and I think you get peak performance in golf and probably tennis just because those events are are, are interspersed throughout the year and not at the end of 170 ba game baseball, or I guess it'd be 180 games of baseball or 100 games of basketball or whatever. I, I, I actually think that's cool. And I think there's a way for the PGA Tour to leverage that reality again this this is the top of the triangle stuff to leverage the reality that those are the four most important events whether you you can make a billion fedex cup commercials and it will not matter right so leverage that and say hey we're gonna we're gonna put the and and they've done this somewhat but man there's an opportunity to burn it all down and say hey, we're gonna put these three events leading into the pga this is what the top guys are gonna have to play and they're going to want to play him because it's leading into the PGA, right? I, I just think there's some real opportunity there and not set the FedEx Cup, you know, a month after the open when guys are kind of mentally checked out at that point. Yeah, it's the end of a really long season. They've tried to peak four or five times throughout the year. And it's like, how much how much gas is, is left in the tank? Um, Scotty Shuffler is going to go for three in a row this week. And this event, he's he's crushed it at. We've seen multiple multi-time winners here recently so scotty's got two brooks has got two decky's got two and we've seen a lot of guys going back to that history who play well year over year can continue to do that justin thomas i'm thinking some jm i'm thinking some of these some of these other guys and while it doesn't have signature status um this event always feels pretty different and always feels pretty big yeah it does i think scheffler's success here makes a lot of sense i i think to combine two things that I read today. So you, you had something in your newsletter on how uh, it's big greens, but small shelves, right? And that's, it's, it, I think they're constituted differently, but it's a little like Augusta, right? Where it's not the smallest greens, like a pebble, but man, the, if, you, if you actually look at where you need to land it, it's, pre it's pretty small. Yeah. Augusta's got like quadrants, right? They've got like, you got it yes. right quadrant <laughs> and even if you're even if you're off the green 
in some places. You're in a better spot. Think about six at Augusta, depending on where the pin is. You could be at the front of that green, pins back left or back right. You're screwed. But if you're a little bit off the green to the back left, you're totally fine. You can chip up. You can putt, whatever. Um, so anyway, I think that combined with uh, Joseph Amanya had a really good newsletter. Uh, I think it was last week. Uh, he called it strokes gained aiming. And it was this really interesting thing about like, yeah, guys gain strokes um, on approach shots. How much of that is strategy versus execution? Most of it's probably execution. But Scheffler is maybe the best in the world at um at at aiming that's a really like reductive way to say it but at strategy essentially at taking his medicine at hitting to specific spots and i think that those two things combined those two sort of um data points combined it makes a lot of sense why he would have a lot of success at a place like like uh, tpc scottsdale and tpc scottsdale is both you know if you removed all the stands it's it's a little unassuming, but at the same time, the way the back nine finishes with chaos, it's makes, wild. It's awesome. You yeah. can get on a run, you can heat up, you can lose it. I I'm I'm just dying for the match play major that should have been invented five years ago to be played here. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and, and, I mean, I mean, I think you and I are on the same page with this, but the fact that it's not a signature event, I just think is such a, yeah, I think it's a miss and I get it. Like, do you want three in a row? Do you, people are going to show up anyway. There, there's so many reasons to not make it a signature event. Maybe they didn't want to fork over the money. I, I don't know. I don't know all the reasons, but man, this is like, this is one of your, your showcases for regular season professional golf. It is as good as it gets to me, you know? Um, and I think that is, uh, I think that's a huge mess and a big bummer. And as a result, we get a decent field, but certainly not what it was last year. Did you see the new LPGA match play format? No. Did, uh, did it come out today? Uh, maybe two days ago, something like that. I think I saw it. So, so, so here it is. So the match so there, I believe this is still at shadow Creek, which is awesome. Um, so they have 96 players who are playing stroke play for three days. Now, after 36 holes, so after two days, there's a cut, top 65 and ties. And then after 18 more holes, uh, the top eight go to match play. So it's like a hybrid 96 stroke play. You get your stroke play, and then we finish this off with match play. Okay, so it's it's... So the only players that play match play are the top eight after four days, three days. Uh, the way that this, I'm just reading bullet points. It seems like after three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's a little U.S. amateur e right where you 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 go stroke play for I think it's 36 holes there. It's a bigger match play field, but yeah, I'm I'm whatever we can do to to have more. I mean, match play. Lemania was talking about this after the Ryder Cup last year. Match play brings about contentiousness and real divisiveness. And and we we 
in a sport where you don't get a lot of that because of the nature of just the individual play, even in tennis, you get it because you're, you're playing each other, yes. right? You're, you're going against each other Yes. and you don't get it in golf. And, and that's the one opportunity for it. And they've gone the other way. They've taken it away instead of adding more to it. Right. Um, I believe we have Patrick back. Is that true? Josh should be. Oh, Patrick, what'd you, what Kevin, you had a presser and you, you left us. What did Kevin have to say? It was pretty good. Local kid, you know. I think uh, he's got all of Arizona State behind him this week, and it's the same week that he tore his meniscus last last year. Got to give a hat tip to uh, my man to the left. <laughs> um. Okay. Here's what we're going to doing. I don't know what Patrick's Wi-Fi seems like. It stinks there. We'll figure <laughs> out what's going on. But and that's it. listen. That's. That happens to us all the time at these at these uh, press rooms. But what we will do is we will come back. We will do the best bets. We will do the one-and-done selections. And we'll do it after a quick word from our partners. And we're back. So if you have never seen the bets before, here's how it works. We take 100 bucks. We go and put 50 on a matchup, 30 on any finishing position that we want, and 10 each on two separate outrights. We've been uh, we've been pretty good at this to start off 2024. So KP, why don't you lead us off with your matchup, please? Yeah, I've got <laughs> I just I'm just seeing Patrick's matchup for the first time. Um that's in that's insane. Uh I've got Cam Young uh over Adam Hadwin. This is kind of a sucker bet, but I just am so in on Cam Young. I think he's just a lot better at golf than than Adam Hadwin. Um, Adam Hadwin, I think, has played pretty well here, so that's why it's a sucker bet. But uh, yeah, this one just stood out to me as I was kind of going through the matchups. What's the deal with Cam Young? He hasn't, what is the deal? I don't know. Like he played he, the best. He had that one good three rounds in Dubai, I guess it was. Kind of punted it away on Sunday, but hasn't really been in the mix as of late. Yeah, so he was T33 at Kapalua. Uh, played okay. Didn't drive it very well. Third in Dubai. Shot 71-74 on the weekend. Not good. Uh, and then 70th at, uh, at Pebble. Mm. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with Cameo. Patrick, uh, your matchup is not really a matchup it is just a random uh prop bet that you have found for this week why don't you tell the people what it is i got completely lost in those props i, I spent like an hour looking through them but i'm on travis kelsey first touchdown score or scotty scheffler wins at plus 220 i kind of think scheffler is going to win this week just because i mean he's gained four strokes putting at this tournament three straight years and if that happens he's definitely going to win and I think Travis Kelsey's also going to score the first touchdown. So I kind of wish this was an and, not an or, but we'll, we'll take the plus 220 to, to the bank. Uh, well, you, I'm sure you could uh, probably parlay these together. What are, what are Travis Kelsey's odds to score to score the first touchdown? I didn't get that far. <laughs> Scheffler is what, five? five yeah, I think, yeah, I think yeah, so, around five. Uh, so Kelsey is seven and a half to one to be the first, first TD, uh, and Scotty Scheffler is – one yeah okay. so so 40 so 45 to one is the is the parlay make it a best bet patrick do i make that my matchup 
Are you courageous or not? I think let's do let's make that my matchup instead, just so it's still live come Sunday afternoon, potentially. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll change that. So Patrick is actually <laughs> going Travis Kelsey first touchdown score and Scotty Scheffler wins. I went Emiliano Grillo over Ricky Fowler. I will just pick on Ricky until someone tells me otherwise, Patrick, while your internet is still very good, tell us what your finishing position is. Wait, you're uh -huh. doing, you're doing a parlay that ne neither of which is a matchup. It's a matchup against the field. <laughs> <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard that way too many times in my life to be affected by that, Rick. Um, but my, my uh, finishing position is going to be Siwoo Kim, top 20, plus 190, hitting the absolute crap out of the golf ball. Putter suspect, but uh, uh, he's a guy who can get really hot or really cold. I think he gets really hot this week. Plus 190 for Seawood finished inside the top 20 KP. Your top 20 is a guy who is just living in there. Just living five in a row, four in a row, something like that. Top 20s. Uh, he's been up and down at this tournament, missed the cut last year, but had some really good finishes before that. I just think he's playing the best golf of his career. You know, we talked about Matthew Pavan off the top or near the near the beginning, and you get these guys that are kind of go on runs and JT Poston's in the middle of one of those right now. So I, I love him to finish in the top 20 this week. Uh, I also have a top 20. It's Tom Hoagie. He's back, baby. Give me the approach play. He's been putting a lot better. Plus 320 to finish inside the top 20. And when it comes to outrights, we've got a pretty good mix here. Six different golfers from odds as short as 10 to one, as long as 65 to one. Patrick, uh, why don't you give us your two selections, please? So I've, I've been really into betting based on signs that occur in my everyday life. And the first flag that I see walking onto the course today on number five, Canada, Canada. And I was like, I was like, Oh, Greg's on today's show. Granted, he's not desert Fox. Adam Hadwin 50 to one. He's playing great golf at the moment. I'm a little concerned that it's, it just like dumped here. And he's not really the longest hitter, which might be a problem, but I think 50 to 1's fair. And then Adam Scott's playing some really good golf, like very quietly. Yeah. Five straight top 20s, uh, hit the ball great at Pebble. I think he was like top five in ball striking there. Plenty long, broomsticks working. And I think 55 to 1's a, a, a tasty one for someone we know can win. He, um, He's hit the belt ball well too across the globe. You, yeah. if, if you bet Adam Scott this week, you should bet him this week, you should bet him next week. Uh, and just and just run it back at two two pretty pretty decent spots. KP, give us your two winners, please. Yeah, I've got JT and Sam Burns. I Rick, I almost made just JT straight across the board for my for my bets this week. That's how convinced I am that he's gonna win this golf tournament. That's good. He's been just lights out for a about two months now just awesome and burns is playing very well also he played he played uh he finished in the top 10 at pebble uh played i can't remember what he did at century but he's been he's been hitting the ball well also and uh obviously 20 is is a is a pretty decent number for somebody that uh is is one of the probably seven or eight best guys in the field oh he played great at american express yeah 
Sam Sam Burns, um, and he's played played well here last year, and he's played well here uh, in the past as well. He makes my card later. I I settled on Benny on at twenty five to one and Kurt Kitayama at sixty five to one. I think both are kind of high. It's weird, right? I think the field is very top heavy, which I got stuck between thinking, okay, well, this like guarantees that either Justin Thomas or Scotty Scheffler are going to win this, or that it's kind of wide open to everybody else, and. I think as we get closer, the more I think it's going to be Justin Thomas or Scotty Scheffler or Sam Burns. But um, I took two guys without one of those names, and I'll just take my chances. We're still we're still living we're still living in 2024, where like the absolute shortest odds you could have gotten on a winner was like 80 to one on Wyndham Clark last week, and a lot of places he was 100 to one. Isn't that crazy? It's 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 literally unheard of. I mean, we are we are in a we are in uncharted territory. I didn't see it, but is there a, uh, oh, there's a, okay. So there's a, there's a bet. The field, you get the field minus 300 or JT Scheffler or Homa plus 225. That's interesting. I would throw Homa out and take it at like plus 300 or 350. Yeah. I also saw, um, uh, you can bet it winner without winner without Scotty, which is they just remove him and we'll say, okay, have, have at it, which I think is, which I think is hilarious. Okay. Um, our extra 50 on anything in the whole world that we want. What? How are we all losing? I thought we were doing good at this. Is that not true? I thought we were all positive at these. We're getting our butts kicked now. I guess that's not, what? I don't agree with this. Do we need to? Do we need to? I I personally have been ice cold. <laughs> Two and wait, we've made six bets. That might include this week already, though. It has to. If oh yeah. Put it in. So we're down minus. We're really Rick's up thirty bucks. Oh. Is that right, Josh? Okay. Yes, that is right. So. Instead of being down 20, I'm up 30. Patrick, instead of being down 34, is up 16. Kyle, instead of being down 17, is up 33. Okay. All right. That's, that's, that makes me feel better. Math whiz. Thank you. Yes, I can add and subtract. Um, I went Jake Knapp, top 30, plus 275. Very good player. Very well-rounded. A lot of skills we saw at the Farmers. This is a weaker field. I'm rolling with him. Plus 275. KP, you're up. Yeah, I went JT top 10. I really, 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 really want to change this now to Parlay, Scheffler, and JT top 10, which is plus 300. Yeah, do it. Okay. Are we okay with that, Josh? He says yes. He just told me. <laughs> Sweet. Awesome. Okay, so I'm changing this to JT and Scheffler top 10. They both top 10 last week at Pebble. They both just destroy this golf course. JT finished... Uh, I think fourth last year shooting. I think he shot 64 on Sunday, something sick. He, he was playing awful, awful golf and still finished in the top 10 here last year. So uh, I, I mean, honestly, like I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the final pairing on Sunday. Top 10 for Scotty and JT. What were the odds, please? Plus plus 300 plus 300. Patrick's positivity parlay is back. There is a cut, which means this is a make the cut parlay. Patrick, what is it? We're going with the pair of Adams, Hadwin and Scott, and I'm very scared to include Sibu Kim in this. That guy is yeah, uh, like an 
what's it called an EKG monitor? Is that right? <laughs> like a seismograph? Uh, yeah, something something like that. The people will understand what I'm I'm trying to throw down there. Um, but all three of them to make the cut plus one fifty. Hope that the the round that he shoots in an eighty, which which is coming Saturday it's on Saturday. Just, just Saturday. Uh, all right. So that leaves us with one final thing to do here, gentlemen. That is to reveal the one and done selections. I also need to give a shout out to the new leaders of the overall first cut one and done, which is the big boy team. The big boy team has taken the lead $5 million. Pat Sullivan, 18, has slipped into second. Okay, Boomer, and you're obviously not a golfer, have fallen to third and fourth. And then rounding out the top five, Halvey. Congratulations. So I just looked at big boy, the big boy team. <laughs> sure. <clears throat> he had, uh, yeah, normal sports stuff. He had... More Cowets at uh, Kapalua. Okay. He finished fifth. Harmon at Sony. He finished 18th. Sam Burns at American Express. He finished sixth somehow. That was actually horrendous. Uh, Finau at Farmers. He finished sixth. And then Wyndham Clark at Pebble. That's a <laughs> that's a good run. That's a big boy run. Hot start, big boy. Hot start. Yeah. yeah. All right, we've got uh, a variety of names here. In dead last, I repeat, dead last is Mark Immelman. He has you hate four, to see it. He has $453,000. He has gone with Justin Thomas. Patrick, $683,000. Your selection, please. I went with Adam Scott. I had Minwoo Lee originally. I'm definitely panicking at the moment. Week five which is never a good sign when there's like 40 weeks in the year. I know there's 52. Um, but yeah, I, I went with Adam Scott. I, he's hitting it well. I, I like that. I think I don't think that's a panic pig. It's, eh, I don't feel great. I have $737,000, and I have to apologize to Greg because on Monday's show, I lied, and I told him I, was, I had picked Ben on which I did, but then I changed it. I actually went with Sam Burns, but I don't feel bad because he lied to me too. He said he took Ben on and we were going to be in this together. And then he took Kurt Kitayama. So a bunch of liars around here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I, I like the Burns pick. Kitayama, I, I don't know. That feels a little panicky. Feels a lot. I mean, listen, I bet Kitayama, but I wouldn't put him in a one and done. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I don't I don't know that's that's questionable. Uh, Rick, all right, Kyle, who do you have? Rick ejected. Uh, I've got JT as well. I just somehow keep picking the same person as Mark, which I'm not mad about. Uh, as long as I stay ahead of him, we're 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 good to go. But yeah, I've got JT again. I'm convinced he's going to win this week. Everything is. It's one of those charts where if you look back two months from now you're like yeah of course jt won phoenix like it was kind of building into that mm -hmm. and uh hopefully we say that i didn't love I, I mean i hate that it's like a what's the purse nine eight nine i think yeah eight point eight. i don't like that no i don't like it either yeah it feels it's just too big to be that small but it's like do you think jt is gonna win a major this year well that's signature yeah. events i Maybe I don't know, but I th I've got enough enough guys left that I'll worry about that later. 
Yeah. Uh, Josh, who leads the way, 1.3 million took Sam Burns. So Josh and I will ride together. Kyle and Mark will ride together. Greg and Patrick will be lone wolves. The problem with StreamYard is that I click the back button and it just ejects you, right? It gives you like mm. no warning. It gives you like if you just if you leave that browser page, you are just absolutely off the planet. Hate to see it. That's what happened. Okay. So that'll do it. Good Any, stuff. A big week. Golf events all over, Super Bowl going on. Uh, Live. Yeah. Any any final thoughts before we get out of here? Who you guys got to win? Super Bowl. Justin Thomas. Yeah. Um, Chiefs. And, I agree. Uh, Dean Burmeister will live, win, live. I like that. Dean mm. can Dean can hit it. Yeah. And you got to hit it. You got to hit okay. it. Ball okay. Ball speed, baby. Uh, I'll go Niners. I, I can't do the Chiefs anymore. I'm good. I don't mind the Taylor Swift stuff, but everything else, I'm, I'm out. Kyle Porter, staunch. Taylor Swift hater. No, no, no. Flip it. That's that's not true. I that was not. We need some was, buzz in this podcast, so we might just have to start going at her. Get the Swifties in here. There is. I do. I do not want that. There is only one thing that matters, and it's who your quarterback is. And and as long as it is still Patrick Mahomes versus Brock Purdy, this is this is over. Mahomes right. is, is he's unbelievable. What are you going to do, Patrick? Are you going back out on the golf course? What are you doing? He's got no, Minwoo time. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit. Yeah, I got Minwoo time later, but I'm heading to the sports book right now with uh, some PGA Tour guys and put, some media members. Put some bets in for us. I'll pay yeah. you back. Just let me know. Sure. All right. All I right. totally put them in and they didn't handle it. <laughs> Patrick McDonald at, at P McDonald CBS. Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. Big thanks to Bruce Josh. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.